had to get a color-coded bracelet. Yes, like the one I'm wearing. Yes, and you know who else does that? It's the Mexican cartel. Thank you for your time, and let's go, Brandon. Okay, happy, what is it, Wednesday, Wednesday evening. It is Wednesday, June the 29th. I'm losing track of my days, not a surprise. Nothing that coffee won't solve. Um, but happy Wednesday evening. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Secure the Border podcast. Uh, if you guys are watching this, please like and share the video. Today, we uh, have a special podcast. You guys know that usually I've been coming on on Fridays, but with the uh, breaking news from earlier today of the bold actions that were taken, uh, once again, Kinney County is spearheading the way, leading leading the efforts and doing all that they can to uh, secure their their county um, that has just been under complete assault. Um, I wanted to just come on board and and thankfully, uh, Brent Smith, who is the Kinney County attorney, found a little bit of time to come on uh, today to talk about that. So I wanted to go ahead and I'm just going to go ahead and bring him on. All right, the great, the one and only. Brent Smith, that that that's uh, doesn't get better than that. But you have been leading the efforts, you and Sheriff Coe and the great people there of Kinney County. You guys have just been spearheading the way um, of how to respond to this active invasion here in the state of Texas. And once again, um, you guys are continuing to lead the effort. So thank you so much, Brent, for finding a little bit of time to uh, come on today. No problem, Sheen. I appreciate it. It's been a busy day, but uh, I'll make time for you, like always. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. And and for those who I, you and Sheriff Coe have been all over the news over the last, since, you know, the Biden regime, the Biden administration has assumed office, uh, dealing with this onslaught of this active invasion there in Kinney County, um, a lot of the people who follow me, you guys know that I spent a lot of time in the Del Rio sector. Uh, Sheriff Co. and Brent Smith is, is one of the two top reasons as to why just learning from everything that you guys have been doing, uh, which is all legally and constitutionally that you guys can do from your positions to really try to help create this buffer, this wedge, this force go, go around our county, right? And when we talk about and secure the border. We talk about the action items and the things that the counties and the cities and the great state of Texas could do to try to create this buffer against this active invasion. You guys have been at the very forefront of all of this. So will you uh, talk about, uh, I guess, just a little bit about uh, where you guys are logistically for those who may not have seen you guys on uh, on Fox or any of the other great places that you guys have been on and just kind of talk about logistically where Kinney County is. Right. Well, last March, we declared a local state disaster in the county itself. And we then got about 34 other counties to follow suit to do the same thing, which then forced Governor Abbott to declare a state of disaster for the entire border of Texas. And um, 
you know, since that time, we've started tres uh, prosecuting trespassing cases on private property and ranches. And I think right now we're about at 3,500 cases that we've arrested and prosecuted for trespass. Um, you know, the, the bailouts, the trespassing, the, the damage to private property hasn't gotten better. We've put a lot of people in jail and there's some people that are avoiding Kenny County and or they're they're not going into the other, into the country because they're still sitting in jail. But the border is still open. It's not actually securing the border. It's maybe creating a deterrent for Kenny County people for them to come through the county itself. And, and in essence, it's slowing down the revolving door. Um, and as a county, there's very limited things that we can do as a county itself. But, you know, we're going to rely on Governor Abbott to do more like declare an invasion and actually prevent the illegal entries from occurring in the first place. So that's kind of where we're at today. Um, the last 24 hours, we've had, I think, uh, three different bailouts and uh, smuggling attempts to the county. Um, you know, we found two different dead bodies this week and on the ranches in the county. And I think I was talking to Sheriff Coe earlier today, and this month alone, we've had 66 smuggling arrests in just this month in Kenny County. Wow. And so one of those arrests, you know, usually involve a high-speed chase. You know, we have military barriers, rock boulder barriers around the uh, the elementary campus at the in Brackettville, which is the county seat, just to prevent vehicles from driving onto campus and hurting children. So it, it's um it's a full-blown invasion. There's no doubt about it. And anyone that says anything different can come, you know, stay a month in Kenny County and it, it change their mind. And how much how much uh, actual border does Kenny County? Is it 16 miles? What's the that, that yeah, it's about, I think it's 17 miles of border we have with Mexico on the county border? And you guys are in the Del Rio sector. And I think what is important to, you know, Del Rio, of course, goes from the Del Rio sector goes from Eagle Pass up to Del Rio and everything in between. And you guys are kind of smack in between uh, both of those two key points and have been dealing with this onslaught. Just and this, this is not a normal onslaught. Obviously, you guys have always dealt with, you know, uh, illegal aliens coming over but not to this magnitude, correct? Right. Yeah, my office prosecutes uh, all misdemeanor cases um, in the county for criminal activity. And before Biden was elected, you know, we, we were seeing like six cases a month that we would deal with. Now we're at 500 cases a month. That we're and climbing, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, 99% of them are criminal trespass on private property. Um, just the other day, we had a resident, you know, she was inside her house with her daughter when three illegal aliens attempted to break into her house with her there. They knew she was in the house and uh, she had an AR-15 waiting on the other side of the door. And luckily, the sheriff showed up prior to them being able to have get entry to the house and, um, you know, arrested them. But that's what, you know, county residents here are facing. Well, in, in all reality, that's what border uh, counties are facing all along the border, not just Kenny County, but. I think you know we're we're doing more than other counties around us to try to stop this and do something, but um, so you know it, it's not just Kenyon County; it's counties all surrounding us. And I think as well, like just to paint the picture, the Del Rio sector, and this is according to Border Patrol, um, from October first through May thirty first, has saw two hundred and eighty thousand 
people that they apprehended. So those are just the ones that they came across that they actually, you know, have record of. This isn't including the Godaways. This isn't including the vast majority that that they never encounter whatsoever. And God knows how many that is. That's just from that time, from October 1st through May 31st, which again, Kenny County falls in between in that Del Rio sector. And then just from this last weekend, the Border Patrol, uh, Del Rio Border Patrol, uh, cited 2,915 apprehensions, 1,092 known gotaways. Again, that's just in a time span of less than 48 hours. That's just what is known. So when we talk about it being an active invasion, <clears throat> that's, I mean, if there was a stronger word that could that, right. that, you know, that because at this point, like saying that it's an active invasion, it's like, oh, my gosh, like it's just starting to uh, but if there was a stronger word to describe it, I, I'm sure that we could use that verbiage. But it really is. And then you like you said, just today, you guys had three bailout attempts and right. correct. Right. And let me let me back up a little bit. And you're talking about some data. I've been working on something that's going to come out next week, but I can give you some data. But from January of 2021 on the U.S. border, there's been three point two million legal aliens that have been apprehended by Border Patrol. Three point two million. And there's more than eight hundred thousand gotaways, known gotaways, eight hundred thousand that we have no idea where they're at. No clue. There's 50 known terrorists who have entered the country just this year alone. Last year, there was 15. The year before, there was three. So we're at 50 so far this year. Um, and then in May, in King County alone in May, there was 4,000 legal aliens who avoided apprehension that were caught on camera, just in the county. Like, if that's not an invasion, then I don't know what is. So and, that and, um and like you're saying too, the the residents there of Kenny County, you guys are dealing with the break-ins, the damages to the property, the damages to the livestock. You know, livestock being killed, water lines being cut, uh, property being stolen and damaged. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it, it's it's um it's an ongoing issue every day, and and Texans shouldn't have to face this. Um, you know, we should have a secure border, and I don't I don't think Texas has any business passing any other laws until they can first secure their border. Without a border, then, you know, you're just, <laughs> it's like trying to build a kitchen sink when the whole house is burning down around you. So why worry about a kitchen sink if the house isn't even going to be standing? So. And like you said, as of right now, everything, uh, everything as it currently stands that is currently being done is not necessarily done to stop this active invasion. It's done as to try to, deal with some of the consequences after the fact right. and what kind of strain has that um and i want i'm asking these questions to kind of leading up to the the situation today uh that i really want to get to but kind of setting the stage uh if you will that like this wasn't just a you know kenny county woke up in the morning and said yeah we're just going to do this today like this isn't exactly like the and and w without justification you guys have honestly tried everything that you can how many how many well if you can what is the kenny county sheriff's force just the force alone what does that look like what what is the typical number of people that you guys to serve the the, the kenny county <laughs> you know i think we have six full-time deputies but normally two of them on duty i didn't even at any given time right um, and king county is pretty large right and and for an you know and one way a policy can be deadly is is when this 
uh, crisis first started, we have one paramedic in the county that goes out with EMS. And a paramedic is the only one that qualified to do certain procedures, give certain medications during an emergency. So, and so they're pretty vital to any emergency you have. And when this crisis first started, we had a bailout 30 miles from town. Our EMS ambulance went there with the one paramedic we had. While they were called out on duty, an elderly resident of Brackettville had a stroke and died. And after talking to the EMS director, you know, he notified me that if the paramedic could have been at her side instead of on a bailout call with illegal aliens, he could have saved her life. So that's one resident easily you can say she died because of DHS's policy under Biden. And, and that's replicated, I'm sure, throughout counties across the border. So we had one resident, a tax paying resident for her entire life, paying taxes. So when she needs EMS there, they're there. And when she needed them the most, they weren't because they were aiding a legal alien who has paid no taxes, committed a crime entering the country and, you know, placed Texans at risk. So that's the type of situation we're looking at. And to go to even the the, the, the damage to the property, right, of, of the ranchers, um, how much, like, given, has there been... Do you know how much that costs? Like, let's just say a rough estimate. If somebody, you know, a bailout occurs and damages the fence, about how much damage is that every single time that that uh, to the rancher, to the Texan? Right. Well, you know, there's a lot of hidden costs you don't think of. It's repairing the fence. So you have to buy fence materials. You have to have the labor costs of repairing it. And you, it's not just that hole you have to fix. You have to fix that whole segment between a cemented pipe and a cemented pipe and, and you have stays in between. I can go into details, but you know, you have to replace, you know, probably 50 or 60 yards of fence to repair one broken spot. You also have to pay workers to check your fence daily in case it gets cut. You might not even know about it. You know, I know on my family's ranch, we've, we've employed one worker just to fit, patrol the fence every day, fix the holes, and keep livestock in. And when livestock does get out, and if it injures someone on the roadway, the rancher can be held liable for that, even though it wasn't his doing that the fence was cut. So, you know, there's a lot of costs that go into it. Um, if I had to guess, I mean, I think the last time that we looked at pricing fences, you're looking at thousands of dollars, I mean, $50,000 to a pair of fence a couple of times, I would think, wow. depending on what it is. Usually it's a high fence too. It's a high gain, it's a high fence. It's probably, I guess, but they're eight feet tall um, to keep exotic game, deer, and you know, things like that. The other problem is when a high fence gets cut and your exotic animals or deer get out, you can't really catch them again. I mean, they're deer. I mean, it's not like you have a cow going down the road. And some of those deer cost 15 grand each. So it, it's, it's, it's astronomical trying to make a profit with everything else going on, including gas prices and everything else. And now you're having to pay that kind of cost. Uh, we've had two ranchers that had to uh, quit in the county. One moved away and one just called it quits. So I can't I can't make a profit anymore doing this. So, and that's one of the things that I'm trying to highlight here is the cost to Kenny County, the great residents of Kenny County, not just and that's just a fence. That's not cut water lines. That's not anything else that we're talking about. That's just, you know, an estimate. Of, of that, plus the taxpayer dollars, like you said, of the, you know, EMS and literally the loss of life that has resulted. And God forbid, you know, one of these bailouts, you know, injures a resident of Kenny County, which, 
by the grace of God, that has not happened so far. Correct. Correct. But it's been very close. And like you guys said, and I've been there and have seen, you know, the the schools and the the boulders that are there and people who drive by maybe are not from the area may not understand. They might be like, oh, that's decorative. No, nope, no, nope, that's there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. And, and then also I remember, too, not too long ago that there in Kinney County, that there was an issue with uh, at the schools where there was some kind of uh, illegal aliens hanging out around the school. And, and, and that causes an issue as well of safety. Uh, like every single time you guys also had to initiate a, a texting type of program as well, right? To notify your residents of bailouts if you guys are able to have enough time. To right. Yeah, basically the school lockdowns and community text alerts that go out every time, you know, there's a bailout that occurs or a high-speed pursuit. Um, and you know, we've had high-speed pursuit or actually we had a high-speed pursuit bailout right here on Main Street and they're running across the courthouse lawn. I mean, it, it's crazy. It is absolutely nuts. So all of this to say that there is a real cost financial cost and literally uh you know a, a life cost unfortunately and one scenario so far um and and like you said thank god that that mother um and daughter are okay and that everything happens the way that it did in that story that could have been so much worse but all of this leading up to you know the situation of today like this is uh, unprecedented in many ways, um, but in uh, in like I said, you guys have done Sherco yourself, Kenny County. You guys have done everything that you literally can. You've exhausted every resource um, that you literally can to try to protect y'all. You know the citizens, the great citizens of Kenny County, from all of these costs, from all of the dangers you know, uh, that goes along with this. And it led up to this situation today where because you guys, the resources of Kinney County are so slim and could not risk putting, um, having, you know, even one deputy off, you know, off the off the roads to protect y'all citizens, it led up to the situation today, correct? Right. Well, you know, so the day started, we had three high-speed pursuits starting from at 2 a.m. We had one pursuit where I, um, a driver was attempting to smuggle legal aliens through the county, caused a high-speed pursuit. DPS was chasing him. Um, in order for he for for him to try to get away from DPS, he began firing at oncoming traffic with his firearm to try to cause a wreck. Uh, thankfully, that didn't work, and you know spikes were set out, and they apprehended the, the person. Then we had another high-speed pursuit on Highway 90, which is a County, you know, the highway going through the county. And then we had a third one today, which uh, came out of Maverick County and crashed into a um, rancher's fence. And on this pursuit, and, you know, there might be some details that Sheriff Cove will know better than I will. I haven't been debriefed on the entire thing, but from what I understand, they crashed through the fence. I've seen pictures. They crashed into a gate, ruined the gate. And um, I believe there was four illegal aliens in the vehicle, along with the U.S. citizen driver. Um, Border Patrol was called to take the illegal aliens into custody because legally they weren't trespassing. They're on a state highway. Well, for in order for Border Patrol to take custody, they have to have a health and wellness check by our county EMS service provider. Um, they wouldn't accept them. 
Well, EMS was already busy with a different law enforcement issue at another part of the county and could not arrive on scene in time to give this wellness pre-check. They weren't injured in any way, but Border Patrol won't take them until they're, you know, given a physical, so to speak. And, um, you know, Sheriff Coe basically said, I'm not, I'm not going to place a deputy out here just to babysit these four legal aliens while we wait on EMS to arrive to do a you know, health check. And so he ordered the deputy to basically take them to Eagle Pass and put them across the bridge at the port of entry and then redeploy in the county to, you know, protect the citizens of Kinney County. Because what it comes down to is if we have to, if we're forced to choose between protecting county residents over people illegally in our country and provide them aid and comfort, we're going to look after the residents of Kinney County and their safety first before we worry about anyone else. And that's what Sheriff Code did today. And that is the role of elected officials. Right. I mean, that's that's what they should be doing. Our federal government has been failing. They themselves, you know, the Biden administration, Mayorkas, uh, they are not following and they're changing the laws. They 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 figure which which court ruling and how they're going, you know, is they're going to abide by and how they're going to abide by it. And we're going to just like they did with the Title 42, you know, with the uplift, you know, they've essentially uplifted it already without having to uplift it. Um, I know that um, the Supreme Court decision uh, of the remain in Mexico pol uh, policy is supposed to come out, I believe, tomorrow, but it's not going to really matter because they they've pretty much DHS and the Biden regime and you know they they're just choosing not to do their duty and then we are forced as the state of Texas to be put in this type of a situation to go above and beyond and say okay well now that the federal government is failing what can we do here legally and constitutionally and that's where declaring an invasion, um, you know, is so crucial because it gives the authority for the state of Texas, including deportations, um, to do whatever it deems necessary to protect the sovereign state of Texas and its citizens. And that's the role of an elected official is to do, you know, to, to serve the people that have elected them. Um, one of the other things too, there was a case not too long ago where, um, and I figured it might might be a good time to ask as well, <clears throat> if you remember, because I know it's it, it probably seems like forever ago, where there was a situation that she had posted about about um, where somebody was trying to break. It was it that case where they were trying to break in, and somebody wanted, or somebody was trespassing, and the property owners wanted to press charges, uh, but the uh, Border Patrol would not give up the illegal aliens to be able to press charges. Could you talk about yeah, that? That was a different case. Um, you know, that was a rancher in Kinney County who was on his property, you know, working, and he witnessed several legal aliens cutting his fence, you know, going through it. And in Texas, cutting a fence on agricultural lands a felony. And so he called the sheriff's office. And the sheriff's office responded, but prior to the sheriff's office getting there, Border Patrol showed up and apprehended these people. Well, whenever I contacted Border Patrol saying, you know, I want those, those illegal aliens released into state custody so we can prosecute them on these felony charges of cutting fence. They refused to release them to state custody to the sheriff. 
because they said that we required having a warrant in order to get them. And I explained to uh, Border Patrol that under Texas law, you don't need a warrant for a felony arrest. You know, it, it's on-site arrest. You, there's no warrant required. But due to DHS's policy coming from up above, they're requiring warrants for anything. So, and what, what's tough about that is like on a weekend in a small county like this, you have to have a warrant filled out by a police officer. You have to have a judge to sign it or a um, justice of the peace to sign it. Well, there's two people in the entire county that can do that. And if you can find them and track them down within a matter of hours, great. But if you can't, then they're going to be released into the country without any way of tracking them down. So we had a huge issue with Border Patrol that there, and uh, we've taken some legal measures to hopefully prevent that in the future, but I'm not going to discuss those right now. But, but yeah, that's a, and that's a perfect example of a DHS policy that's used to try to subvert state law enforcement efforts on border protection. Because prior to Operation Lone Star, prior to Biden, if that, if that situation would have occurred, it would be no big deal. They would have just handed them over and said, get after them. But now with Biden, and you know, Secretary Mayorkas, they've been instructed not to do it. So yeah, war patrol agents put in a very tough spot on losing your job or protecting you know the people you're assigned to protect and, and, and abiding by the constitution. You know, I don't blame the agents themselves on the ground. It's not their fault. It's their it's the higher ups that are allowing this to occur. And when you have such massive groups continuing to come over in the Del Rio sector alone, from Normandy to Camado, you guys have also had some rather large groups uh, found. As a matter of fact, I even saw uh, several uh, pieces of footage that uh, individuals themselves have been posting uh, from their property of these large groups of people found right there in Kinney County. And also, like you said um, about some special interest aliens that are coming over as well, also being found in, in Kinney County. I mean, that that's been going on this entire time. Um, you know, I think you guys also had uh, some from China not too long ago. Um, right. And I mean, for, just from their stats alone, from border patrol, they 109 different countries, um, Pakistan, you know, Pakistan and Afghanistan, and you guys don't know who's coming over. And then criminals, violent criminals and gang members that they are finding in the Del Rio sector as well. Right. No, we've had, you know, there's been over 150 different countries come through the county. And like I said, not just Kenny County, it's, you know, Maverick County, Valverde County, uh, all the border counties, you know, it's, it's a free for all. It's a, literally an open border that the cartel controls both sides of. They have absolute control of our border. And, and, and then you also had you're lying that, to yourself if you say if you think we have control over our border right now right absolutely and so you guys even when you guys are trying to do all that you can legally and constitutionally like the case that you just that we just discussed then uh you know they're creating this 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 level of like yes we can do this but then they make it very difficult where you guys have to be able to jump through hoops so all of this to say that leading up to the actions of today um, where finally they're like, like you said, we're not going to put our citizens on the back burner. We're not going to, especially considering that, you know, an agent was fired, you know, a D, it was uh, a DPS, you said, right, that was fired upon. And that could have injured a passerby that that could have injured a, a child, you know, in somebody's car. It could have injured the, the the agents themselves. Like this is really getting out of control. And I've been in the office and I've seen a lot of the guns that has been apprehended by the Kinney County Sheriff's Office as well that the, you guys are finding 
in these vehicles of these smuggling cases as well, correct? Correct. Yeah, there's a lot of weapons that are being carried. Um, you know, but you know, there there is some light at the end of the tunnel. I think I think next week you're gonna there's gonna be some news coming out where a lot of, a lot of counties themselves are gonna start standing up and doing something about it. And uh, but hopefully sometime next week we'll have some good news to report on that end. Well, and I think that that is what is makes this so big uh, because right now Texas we are getting slaughtered. Uh, and and as a matter of fact, they just had a smuggling case in Round Rock, um, <laughs> where the, where the article and I posted it on my social media pages, and I'll even post it in the comments after this, where the lady goes into, she was breaking into a resident's house, um, and then when she was picked up, found out, you know, the she the case that was given was that she was part of in a stash house part of having to pay off her debt to the cartel that brought her over in round rock that was part of what she had to do was break into someone's offices and like you said you guys just had two dead bodies this week yeah we did you know one another thing that happened a while back we had a rancher a female that was at a um, a gate on her ranch she went to go open it to let the horses out she was on an ATV and she was actually attacked by a legal alien, tried to pull her off of the ATV. And luckily she was able to get away. Um, but you know what? We did get some justice for her because that illegal alien was not apprehended, but our jury trial that we had was that same lady. And the person that we took to trial, he got a whole year in prison. Um, so, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing that makes this job and the long hours worth it is, is when you can see the ranchers and, and, the residents of Kenny County actually see some type of justice be done, even though it's not the governor or, you know, President Biden or DHS, something, someone's standing up for them. And what do you, because, you know, with Secure the Border, of course, we are all focused on, and I've got to say, Brent, thank you for everything that you and Sheriff Co are doing. And, and there have been so many times when we were like over a year ago now that we were like, all right, I'm gonna push out these letters. We're gonna push this out. And I, I'd be like, hey, how, can you help with the verbiage on this? How do I, like trying to figure out what can we do? Uh, and for those who, when they do realize how bad it is, um, and, and especially even here in the Metroplex areas that <clears throat> people are now starting to uh, be aware and cognizant of now these cases, uh, of smuggling that are rising right here. I just met with uh, my sheriff, Sheriff Wayborn, um, and we were discussing about, you know, about the plans for, for, for Secure the Border, and I was letting him know as well about the 287G, and hopefully we can expand upon that in the state of Texas when the tide hopefully does shift, because I feel like that is something that would help the counties kind of weed out these really bad people that have come, you know, over here legally. And, and he was telling me that, like, a good portion of the ones that are still currently being held in Tarrant County under the 287G that is not moving because of the Biden regime not doing their job. Um, the vast majority of the crimes were against children, like sexual assault of children. So I say this because it is impacting 
the Metroplex areas in ways that we just aren't seeing. It's not out there, but you know, we're going to try to bring that out there and bring that awareness, but it's all about the action items that is so important because when people do realize how bad it is, they're always like, well, what can we do? What can we do? And, you know, so many border awareness events that we were like, okay, you know, always repeating kind of the same things, right? The same talking points to try to bring, because there is things that the great state of Texas can do. We are a sovereign state. And taking bold action like was taken today to say, you know what, enough is enough and we're not going to put our resident, our citizens in, in dangerous way. That's that's one of the ways that you guys have just led the effort in, in this fight. So thank you for that. But what else do you think uh, with Secure the Border right now, if you could tell people what they could do besides going to securetheborder.us um, <laughs> and checking out the action items on the website, what you know, can they do? The state legislature has a lot of power and um, the state governor, Abbott, has a lot of power under the Constitution of both Texas and the U.S. Constitution. You know, once he declares an invasion that exists on the U.S. border of Mexico, he can take all powers necessary and take any measures he needs to to secure the state and protect citizens. And so, you know, I think we need to put as much pressure on Governor Abbott to do that now because every day that goes by, there are literally thousands of people coming into the state. And if you don't live on the border, you don't think it affect you, think again, it does. The state of Texas has to pay $37,000 a year per person that resides in the state of Texas. Once you add Medicare, you know, medical, housing, education, everything together, it's about $37,000 a year. And then I find out yesterday that the people we've been busting to DC, each seat, cost $1,700 to DC, hell, you could have flown them for half that price. So, I mean, you know, the, the taxpayers are paying a lot of money for this crisis. You don't know it yet, but you, you're fixing to. Um, and so, you know, I'm all against property tax, but if you're, if you think property tax is bad, wait till this bill hits you because it's going to hit hard. And then people are going to just, you know, realize how much we're in trouble. And just the cost of the schools, which is the number one driving factor for property taxes on the county levels, uh, that's a huge cost. And just in Tarrant County alone, in just a very short time, because DHS and or HHS has not updated their numbers, over 3,000 unaccompanied minors were sent right here to Tarrant County. You do the math, and that that's a lot. Just the unaccompanied minors alone, based off of their data, which they conveniently have not updated. And when we have neighbors. I live in an older, my husband and I live in an older community. Um, we have a lot of uh, older neighbors that everyone is feeling the pinch right now on everything. And these people that are on a fixed income, they could barely afford the taxes as it was. And it's skyrocketing in some places, tripling and doubling in cost of property taxes. And it's going to continue to get worse uh, to your point. Um, and there really is no way to be able to really know how many people have crossed over the sovereign southern border of texas but then how many are staying and how many are continuing to come and then in addition to that you have the loss of human life um we just have the the tragedy of these over 50 now uh the count is up to 51 i believe that wow. died in san antonio and and i shared a post too going okay this this is horrific and and i believe in my opinion that that was a a message that was being sent 
that's my opinion. And that's for a different conversation at a different time. But um, that's a loss of human life. And that happens all the time. You talk about the smuggling cases, the bailouts that just right there in Kinney County, people are being shoved to Laredo Border Patrol just shared six different smuggling cases of similar things, you know, similar semi-tractors full um, in in less than a week time. I'm like, you know, it, it is the loss of life all around. And by Kinney County also taking a stand, that that is also protecting the rest of taking a stand for the rest of Texas and thereby also the country as a whole. So in my opinion. Well, thanks. <laughs> but you guys are amazing and you know, uh secure the border, Latinos for America first. Um, you know, we fully support you guys. Um, and, and, and everything that you guys are doing. And I'm willing to bet that the vast majority of, of Texans who are fed up with this on all sides, because they see the loss of life, they see the damage, they, they see what's really happening. They see how horrible this is. I'm willing to bet the rest of Texas is going to stand with you guys. And like you guys said, like you just said, I, I really do hope that this is the start of something much bigger, um, that other counties will come on board or, or something will happen so that the sovereign state of Texas can finally stand up and say, you know what, we're, we're just not going to to allow this to happen any longer. Yeah, so. no, we're running out of time. You know, I want your listeners to know that it's people like you and your organization that has helped, you know, help Kenny County itself. I mean, you've brought supplies to us. You've brought paper. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things you do that, you know, no one else is doing. And so you've helped tremendously. And I want your listeners to know that donating to your organizations, helping us on the ground. Thank you. Um, but hopefully, heck, heck, I tell you what, if uh, the left, the, the, the organizations that I'm sure are going to continue to just come after Kenny County, um, y'all need help. Uh, you know, when we were pushing the, the give and go for you guys a while back, yeah. um, you know, you guys need help for legal fees or whatever to continue in this fight, let us know. And you know, I will push it out there. Uh, and more importantly, yes, thank you. If they can try to donate to secure the border, we did just get our 501c4 approved today. Thank you, Jesus. That was huge. Um, but more importantly, like the, the, that's what you guys are doing there in Kinney County. You guys need help. Please let us know. and We will help to push that out and, and, and help to stand alongside you guys and get you guys the help that you guys need. So Appreciate it, Shana. <clears throat> well, thank you so very much for spending a little time. I know that you got to just be exhausted. God bless you and all that you are doing and, and there in hey. Kinney County Sheriff Co. Um, thank you guys so much for everything that you're doing. And I will say, I said this earlier, you guys make me proud to be a Texan. You do. You do. I appreciate it. I really do. So thank you for all that you do. And you, they can also follow the Kinney County Sheriff's Office as well on Facebook, right? If they wanted right. to. Okay. Well, th any last words before you go? No. No. We'll, we'll see what happens. Stay tuned next week. We'll have some good developments up there. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I'll pass that information along too, hopefully, when that comes out. So hopefully right. it'll be really good. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good night. <clears throat> Okay, so that was the great Brent Smith. I'm so thankful for him to spend just a few minutes with us. Actually, it's almost 40 minutes now. So I, I, I hope that that kind of set this, sets the stage of what took place today and kind of explains like this was not a 
fly by, you know, just a, a decision that they just woke up and decided that they were going to take. It is a huge first step. And of course, the great people of Kinney County, Sheriff Coe and Brent Smith would be leading the way for this. So I'm so thankful for them. Guys, please visit uh, the website, securetheborder.us, securetheborder.us. Uh, tomorrow we will be having our first um, meeting with some of the volunteers that have signed up to do some of the work for, for Secure the Border uh, and try to do all that we can you know, to, to fight back against this and become a border advocate right there where you are at, helping with the legislative items. We're gearing up for the ADA session, and we're going to continue pushing as well to try and put the pressure on uh, Governor Abbott and the legislatures uh, to push and declare this as the act of invasion that it is. Call that for a special session with border security on the call so that we can do all that we can to secure our sovereign state border and save our sweet Texas. So thank you guys so much. Remember to like and share the video. The podcast is up on like every platform, Google Play, Spotify, uh, iTunes, uh, iHeart, uh, just like everywhere. Uh, the links are all on the website as well. So for all of that, so like and share the video, get the information out there and let's show some just overwhelming support for Sheriff Co and for Brent Smith and what they're doing. And let's stand together as Texans uh, to, to fight back against this. Thank you guys so much for logging in. Y'all have a great night. Thank you for your time and let's go Brandon.